Hello and welcome to the chat. I'm Caroline Moore and today I'm chatting with local beekeeper David Fox. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming in. Now, before we dive into beekeeping, can you tell us a little bit about your life, where you're from, what you used to do for work? Okay. Well, (laughs) I've lived in Cookville most of my life. Uh, I was a school teacher here in town for about 31 years. Wow. Uh, Actually, Tommy was one of my students uh, back in the day. and. I did a little coaching, and Tommy played basketball for me back then. He and he and my son are about the same age, and uh, of course, I've known your family for <laughs> forever. <laughs> Go way back. Yes, and uh, then I retired about ten years ago, uh, and uh, my wife and I. She was also a school teacher, and so we now take care of our parents, and we do a little farming, and. Uh, Take care of our grandchildren. <laughs> so how did you get into beekeeping? Well, uh, actually, retirement was one of the main reasons that I got into beekeeping. I was looking for something that I could do to fill up my time, which as it turned out, I didn't need anything to fill up my time. But <laughs> I was looking for a hobby, but not something that if I needed to do it, I had to do it right then. If I didn't get to it today, I could do it tomorrow or next week. And uh, I saw an ad in the paper that they were starting a cookful beekeepers, a chapter of beekeepers that we get together and talk about it. And I went to the very first meeting and been a member ever since. So at that point, did you have any bees at all or, were, or did you just have a, a gut feeling and interest? Like, Oh, no, I knew nothing about it. It was just <laughs> like, uh, you know, I knew about as much as you know right now. Uh, it was <laughs> just nothing. one of those things that I thought I'd like to try. Uh, I have, like I say, I have a farm and I had always heard that bees help pollinate your crops and you would have an increase of uh, whatever you were raising. So I thought, I have a lot of blueberries and blackberries, so I thought, well, maybe I could get into beekeeping. And so that's how I did it. So when did all this start? Well, let me see. It started about 12 years ago, I guess. I was trying to remember 12 or 15 years ago. Uh, Like I said, I went to the Cookville Beekeepers meeting. I think we met like in March, and then a couple months later, I ordered some bees, and it was a trial and error kind of thing. And uh, it's one of those things that you really need somebody to kind of show you the ropes because there's a lot you don't know about it and you worry about it and you've got a little money invested in it. And uh, so you you really want to try to do a good job. But if you don't know what you're doing, it can be overwhelming, I'm going to say. Right. So you need a bee mentor. That's great. Yes. So with the with the beekeepers club and community here, I, I, was this a big club when you got there? Did you know people? How big was it? Oh, actually, I knew a couple of people that showed up the same night I did. But there was a guy named Mike Haney and um, uh, Mr. Wheeler, Ray Wheeler. Uh, those two guys kind of got it together. They've been keeping bees for forever, and they kind of they were they were the greatest. They took me under their wing and showed me their ropes. And I'd like to say I've been doing it now for about a dozen years. And now I, I don't consider myself a master beekeeper, but at least I understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's your passion. It's fun. It's It can be fun. <laughs> it can be heartbreaking, too, because, Aww. you know, the, the bees, sometimes they die because of various reasons. But uh, I really enjoy taking care of the bees. Uh, there's a saying, you can be a beekeeper or a bee haver. And sometimes I float back and forth between <laughs> either one of those. But uh, to be a beekeeper, there are a lot of things you can do, like you can make your own queens and you can split hives, you know, where if you have two, one hive, you can make two. And and uh, I love doing those kind of things, kind of experimental 
things with the bees and and collecting swarms. That's another. That's the most fun thing I think Ooh. that we do. Yes, I'm Caroline Moore, and you're listening to the chat. I am chatting with local beekeeper David Fox. So you just were talking about how you got started in beekeeping. Can you tell us a little bit about ordering bees? Like, how do you how do you do that? Okay, well, actually, uh, there are some guys here in town. Uh, Maybe not locally, but you like there's a guy in Gainesboro, a guy named Cayman Reynolds, and then of course Mike lives down below Baxter, and there's a guy in Lebanon, James Murph, and uh, they actually uh, raise bees and sell their own bees. But I'm sure their orders are already booked for this year. But you might want to look them up on Facebook or something and kind of see. But if you go to your local beekeeper meeting, there's one in Overton County, there's one in White County, there's one in Warren County, there's one here in Cookville. And they can, sometimes even the clubs make club orders, so they can certainly direct you in the direction you would need to go. Wow. Or you can collect a swarm. Yes. Right? And that's how I met you. Mm-hmm. Because we had a swarm on our fence, which I had never seen in my life, but we, we looked outside one day and there was just like a swarm of bees you know, no hive, no anything, just on our fence. And my Aunt Norma said to call you, and you showed up like an hour later. Yep, and we collected them. And collected them, and it was amazing. You weren't in any protective gear or anything. You just kind of shoved them into <laughs> a box. <laughs> well, now, a swarm, what happens is, uh, probably the, the the most common way is, like this time of year when there's a lot of things blooming, you know, the pollen count is high. Uh, the queen is laying a lot of eggs. And by the way, you know, a queen can lay a thousand eggs a day. Oh, and uh, my that's gosh. incredible just to think about that. But she, you know, does in those little cells. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of bees in there, and sometimes they get overcrowded. And when they get overcrowded, then the bees will decide, well, we need to make us a new queen. And so they'll select certain random larvae of the worker bees, and they'll feed them something they make called royal jelly. And then they'll make queens out of them. And the old queen will say, okay, well, they're making a new queen. And so she takes about a third or half your bees and they just leave and they go look for another place. And uh, if you've ever seen a swarm in the air, it's incredible. Unless, of course, they're coming from your hive, (laughs) then it's terrible. But uh, they're they're like a big uh, mass of bees that are just flying through the air. And the queen who is not built for flying will go so far and then she'll land and like on your fence and all the other bees will land, get around her to protect her. And then they'll start sending out scouts to find a good location where the new hive is going to locate. And then they'll build a hive? Well, or? what they'll do is uh, one of the reasons that they're so uh, peaceable when they're swarming is just before they leave, they all eat as much honey as they can. So they're pretty happy and full, and so they've flown over there. But they'll send out scouts looking for the perfect spot, and they come back, and they do this little dance. You know, little they call it a waggle dance. <laughs> and if they found an okay kind of place, they do a not really enthusiastic waggle dance. But if they found the perfect place, then they'll do a really fantastic waggle dance, and then the other scouts will go, and they'll come back and say, yep, that's the place. And then eventually they'll all move into their new hive and start building comb. And when they get the comb started, the queen will start laying eggs, and they go again. Wow. Oh, my gosh. we have I have so many more questions for you. <laughs> so please stay tuned. Um, after the break, we'll be back with... David Fox talking beekeeping.
Hello and welcome back to the chat. I'm Caroline Moore and today I'm chatting with local beekeeper David Fox. So you just mentioned kind of how a new hive is built. When you came and got our swarm though, what happened? Like you put this this group of bees that was looking for a new home in a box. What happened okay. when what'd you do with them when you got home? Okay, well see I have an, <laughs> I have an advantage over someone who has never kept bees before is I already have the wax comb, you know, from years past, and they put the honey in that comb, and then, of course, I have to cut the caps off, and then I had the home, uh, the comb collected. And so I brought them to my house, and I put the swarm in a box. Uh, you've seen beehives on the side of the road or different oh, yeah. places like that. And I put the bees in there with the wax, and the queen immediately went to work, started laying eggs in the, com- in the, the new comb there, and the workers start going out, doing what workers do, and it's just uh, they immediately started. And I'm sure I made a little honey off of that swarm <laughs> that I got from you guys last year. Yes, and in fact, you sell honey. Yes, we do. Now, how do you collect honey in the first place? Like, okay. what, what is that process? Okay, again, you know, I, I, if, if there's ever someone who thought, you know, I don't believe in God, beekeeping will convince you that God exists because how how else could these things happen is these bees will go out and of course flowers give them nectar and they will collect the nectar from the flowers and also get pollen all over them which pollinates the flower and allows them to produce a fruit and they take this nectar and pollen back to the hive and there are bees that work outside the hive and there are bees that work inside the hive and they put this nectar in different cells all over the hive and they actually fan their wings to make an air current through the hive. Wow. Until they reduce it down to like 18% water. And then when it's that at that point, they take and they produce a wax and they seal it, okay, and they cover it up. And then in July, when they have quite a bit of honey, because I leave enough for them to get through the winter, I go in and I rob the bees. I steal all their hard work. And I cut that wax off and I put it in an extractor and I crank it and it throws the honey out and we filter it a few times and then we put it in the jar. So how many hives do you have right now? Okay, we have about, right now I'm going to say about 16 hives that we're working on. Now, do you have to tend to them every single day? I mean, how much maintenance and... No, 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 no. Do they require? Well, uh, again, I mentioned the beekeeper and the bee haver. You know, uh, uh, the beekeeper <laughs> will spend more time working in their hives. But in this time of the year, when there's a lot going on, you don't want your bees to swarm, and so you're looking to if they need more room, you're adding more comb to them and things like that. But at this time of the year, I would say 30 minutes a week per hive. Okay. Then later on in the summer. You're just trying to keep them alive till next year. Uh, and so I'm going to say maybe an hour, uh, maybe a month. And then in the wintertime, it's hardly any time in there at all. You just have to kind of open it up, make sure they got plenty of food and things like that. Uh, so different. this right now is a very busy time. But later on in the summer and in the winter, it doesn't take a lot of time at all. So it's pretty easy most of the time. Sure. If it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't very easy, I couldn't do it. I don't know how that is. <laughs> well, how many, how many gallons do you average in, say, July? You said that was your busiest okay. time. Well, actually, uh, now, Caroline, believe it or not, 
all the honey that is made for the most part is made in like a six week period. Okay. Um, they call it the honey flow here, and uh, I guess they call that everywhere. But between like the end of April, first of May, until the middle of June. The bees will be out collecting this honey and nectar. And then that's after that, they start processing the honey. So uh, the most we have ever made is 100 gallons in one year, wow. which we thought was a pretty good year. But last year, we had that late frost in like the second week in May. And so we only got like 60 gallons last year because a lot of the blooms were killed. And uh, and it just depends on the weather. It's like, you know, beekeeping is a kind of farming you know, you if you got cows, you got to take care of your cows. You know, you got to feed them when they need feeding. Mm-hmm. You have to look after them. And the same thing with bees. You have to look out for them or you won't have bees very long. I'm Caroline Moore, and you're listening to The Chat. Today, I'm chatting with David Fox. He's a lo- local beekeeper slash bee-have-her. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody wanted to order some honey from you, or uh, how does that work? Like, or are you just already booked up already? <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately for somebody who needs honey from me, uh, I probably won't have any to sell because we have customers who we've sold to for the last several years. And a lot of our customers, like I told you, will sell, well, and they'll buy three or four gallons at a time. Uh, I have a man we go to church with. Uh, I think he bought two gallons back last July, and he asked me the other day, do you have any more honey? And I, no, I, you know, I don't. But again, the beekeeper club, uh, you know, you might con- contact somebody over there who they might know, someone who might have some honey. Is there a Facebook page or anything that they have? Sure. Or? Uh, Cook Will Beekeepers okay, cool. uh, is on Facebook. They also have a website called cookwillbeekeepers.com. Uh, check with those. Those I'm sure they would. Uh, uh, they they would they would be able to loc- send you in the right direction for honey. And what species of bees are these? Are they just honey bees? That's really the only one I really know. Well, there are <laughs> there, there are a lot of different kinds of bees. You know, there are bumblebees and you know oh, there yeah, are okay. mason bees. Then I do know that. more than I thought. Okay, I, I know you. Do. <laughs> but there are different kinds of uh, honey bees. Actually, you may not know this, but honeybees are not native to the United States. Oh. They came over from Europe when the, the people on the Mayflower and the settlers came over. And actually, the Indians used to call the honeybee the uh, white man fly because as uh, the settlers moved towards them, the honeybees would move with them, you know, and uh, go, go like that. But most of the bees are named after European countries, like they're Italian bees oh. and they're a type of Russian bee. And then there are some combinations of those, but almost everybody around here has Italian bees because they are most the most common and they're the easiest to get. Oh, okay. I had no idea there mm-hmm. were Italian bees. Yes, they're Italian. They even speak a little Italian. You, know, you, you <laughs> feed them pizza. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, and how long do these bees live? Oh, this is another thing. Okay, like in the wintertime, when the the bees hatch out, they will live, like say they hatch out in October, okay? They will live live all through the winter, and then in the spring, uh, they will live about six months. But right now, if a bee hatched out today, it would go to work immediately in the hive for three weeks doing different tasks. They graduate from cleaning up (laughs) to uh, taking care of the queen. They have little bees that guard the entrance. Uh, all these things. And then about three weeks, they graduate to be uh, forager bees. And so then they go out and they gather water or tree sap or nectar and pollen. And then after that, they only live about three weeks because their little wings, you know, they just work themselves to death. 
All right, we'll be right back with more Bee Talk with David Fox. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the chat. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I'm chatting with local beekeeper David Fox. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So you say that beekeeping is fairly easy. Do you recommend it for, or fairly easy most of the time, do you recommend it for people or do you think you've got to have a certain aptitude or, oh, no, or knack no, no. for caretaking, et cetera? No, no, no. Anybody can be a beekeeper. I mean, like I said, it doesn't take a lot of time. It's just something that, you know, uh, actually you don't even have to have a lot of space. Uh, I think down in Nashville, they have bees on the top of the Country Music Hall of Fame or whatever that building is with the piano keys out there. And you said you lived in New York. There are people that live in New York that have beekeepers up on the roof of their apartment houses. Wow. So bees are not really uh, very dangerous. I mean, of course, if you go in and start opening the <laughs> hive, you know, or knocking on the side, they will let you know that you don't they don't want you out there. Back in the 80s and 90s, uh, they say that there were two wild colonies of bees per acre in the state of Tennessee. Well, about that time, there was something came in here from Africa called called the varroa mite. And this varroa mite is like kind of like a, a tick on a dog, but it's a parasite that lives on bees, and it's completely changed beekeeping. And you have to treat your bees for this this parasite. And if you don't treat them, they will die. It will they get sick, they get weak, and uh, because of that, they get diseases. So you you have to keep them treated for this varroa mite. So this time of the year, beekeeping is like it used to be. You know, the bees are strong, the bees are going. But after June, from June again till next March, it's a uh, try to keep the varroa mite from hurting your bees. And how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of ways you can buy uh, chemicals and put them in the hive. You know, of course, you wouldn't do that while they're making the honey, you know, like that little honey flow time, you know, a couple of months. But uh, you, you can buy these little strips that you put in here or you can buy these little gels that bees hate anything inside their hive that's not supposed to be there. So you put these little tubs of gel in there and they start carrying them out and get this stuff all over them. And then they groom each other to clean each other out. And when they're doing that, they cause these uh, mites to fall off. Ah. And then they have these uh, vaporization things where you uh, put like a, a certain kind of acid in there and it goes up through there. But it's so hard. You're trying to kill a bug on a bug. And so, and they're so small. They like, are. They are. <laughs> Except now, for the queen, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's it's just it's it's a delicate balance. It's something we're trying to learn about. But it's the scourge of beekeepers right now. If they could ever find a way to solve the mite problem, mm. man, it would be great. But right now, it's a big problem, and that's that's the major problem that beekeepers have. When I was little, you could you'd see bees living out in trees. You know, it wasn't very uncommon for somebody to cut down a tree and there'd be a, a swarm or a colony of bees living in that tree. But now, uh, bees, you, they're, they're just not any wild bees anymore. Hmm. They may swarm and go and live in a tree for a while, but they won't live there long because the mites will kill them. Uh, had a guy call me the other day and said, hey, I got some bees in my house. You know, you want to come get them? And no, I don't, uh, because that's very difficult to get bees out of somebody's house. Because even though they're going in here by your chimney, they may be living in your attic or in your foundation or somewhere else. 
So it's hard. So if you see a swarm of bees, please call a beekeeper uh, for two reasons. One, the bees will not be able to live on their own. Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, you'd hate for some if they go and some live in somebody's house, and then somebody will either have to come and exterminate them or they'll cut a hole in your house to get to where the bees are. Right. Uh, so that's so call beekeepers if you see a swarm. Thank you. There you go. I'm Caroline Moore, and you're listening to The Chat. Today I'm chatting bees with local beekeeper David Fox. So if someone sees a, a swarm of bees, call your local beekeeper, mm-hmm. et cetera. But if it's inside, you're pretty much. Well, now there are guys, <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are people who will come and actually remove them from your house. Okay. You know, they call that doing a cutout, but they may have to cut a hole in your house, you know, and I don't feel very comfortable, you know, cut, cutting holes in your house and things. Because I can never fix it back the way you all would want it fixed. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they might be like in concrete blocks in the basement or something, and you may have to actually exterminate them. So uh, wow. it, it's that, that's a worse extreme. Got it. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned that they were threatened. So is are the mites the only thing that are threatening bees, or are there other threats that are happening as well? Because I have heard that, you know, the, the population has been decreasing like across the nation, right? Well, you know, I think that you, you asked about myths and your uh, questions. Uh, yes. That might, might be a myth. Okay, I think, good. I think there are <laughs> more misconceptions. I think there are more bees in right now than there have been in many, many, many years. And the reason is because there's more beekeepers. There are a lot of people trying to get into this hobby and they think, hey, that's something I'd like to try. But bees are threatened because of mites, uh, because of, uh, you know, we are spraying for, uh, you know, insecticides like on DDT our crops. Like DDT and things like well, that? I don't think they use DDT okay. anymore. But, the, but <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm like, the bees are decreasing, DDT's everywhere. And then I'm like, that was that stopped decades ago. Oh, but, but, you're, but you're right. Uh, I have a friend that lives up on Rocky Point, and she actually had to quit uh, beekeeping because about every other year, there was a big bean field by her house there, and they would spray them. And it would kill all of her bees uh. because they're going out, you know, collecting the pollen when the bees are blooming. And uh, so as a result of that, you know, they would bring the poison back to the hive and it just wipe it out. So uh, mites are by far the biggest problem the bees have, by far. Right. But as far as the other thing, you know, if you live, if you have bees and you live in a area that has a lot of farming going on, if you'll just talk to your neighbor and just say, hey, I'm, if you let me know, I can come over, I can lock up my bees or whatever, and uh, we won't have a problem with things like that. Well, before we go, is there anything that you want to share that, that beekeeping has taught you or enhanced your life in any way? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, has it enhanced my life? I'm, you know, it has in a lot of ways. There are times that I'll just go out there and just, uh, you know, get me a bucket and just sit on the on the, in front of the hive and watch the bees come and go, you know. Because you can see, you're, you're always looking around the trees. You know what's blooming. Uh, right now, the maples are blooming. The wild cherries are getting ready to bloom. You know, you're, you're aware of what's going on. Uh, I enjoy being out in nature and, and uh, seeing what the bees do. Uh, you know, Einstein said, and I don't know what Einstein knew about bees, but he said that if all the bees died, uh, he said that within four years, we would follow. So, uh, wow. again, I don't know if he knew anything about bees. <laughs> But uh, bees are real important to us. And uh, the big thing for bees and people is not the honey. It's the pollination factor. Bees are worth millions or billions of dollars to the agriculture uh, places here in town or in, in the United States and all over the world. 
Where can people find you? Do you have a Facebook page or should people just go to the local beekeepers online? Well, I mean, if, if you see a swarm, you can look me up on Facebook. It's David, Laura, David, Laura Fox. That's my wife who is, uh, she's the greatest. She's just the best. And uh, you can call Caroline even, and she'll yes. she'll get in touch with me. Find me. Let me know. You can find me on Instagram. It's under my name. I will hook you up with David. It's no problem. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, you know, if you just post it on uh, Cook with Beekeepers, hey, there's a swarm of bees in my yard. I'm sure somebody will be reaching out to you pretty soon. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming in, David. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> this was a blast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.